After over three years, I'd remember to turn the microphone on, but not always. Hey, good morning. So I'm far enough away from everybody back of the stage, and there's no one in these front chairs here, so uh, pretty safe to get the mask off and, and bring the word this morning. So we're going to get right to the text. We're in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus continues to teach about the kingdom of God, and we find ourselves at his last parable for now in Matthew 13, verses 47 to 50. So you can turn there now, Matthew 13, verses 47 to 50, the parable of the net. Here's the word of God. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the seventh and final parable for now as Jesus teaches about the kingdom. You may notice that this parable sounds very familiar. It sounds almost just like the second parable that he gave about the wheat and the weeds and how at the end of the age, the angels will be sent to separate. That's the word, what the word judgment means is to separate or divide and how at the end of the age, there will be a judgment made. There'll be a separation between the evil and the righteous, between those who belong to God and those who don't. And so he presents that same theme in this seventh parable with the, with the parable of the dragnet. These fishermen would have this long net that they would catch all kinds of fish and separate the useful from the unuseful, the bad from the good. There will be a judgment at the end of time. But the emphasis in this seventh parable is about that last verse, verse 50, where he goes on to explain what happens to the wicked. In verse 50, he will throw them into the fiery furnace, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he's describing what hell will be like for the wicked. So we're going to go a bit more topical this morning, and I want us to, to talk about this theme of hell. It's not the first time Jesus has brought it up. It's certainly not the last time. He talks about it quite a lot. Now, some of us may be more familiar with the scriptural teaching about hell than others, but I think for a lot of us, if God were a house, this is one of those doors we just don't really want to open. It's one of those places we don't really want to go because maybe we're afraid that it's going to conflict with the way that we view God and the character of God. For some of us, it's something we just can't reconcile with, with God. It's as if you know somebody really well, but then they, they do something or they make some decision that really throws you off. For a lot of us, that's where we are. It reminded me a little bit just how we might think about this incorrectly. Uh, when I was in Troy about a year and a half ago, a childhood friend of mine visited here, and we were going for a walk, coming back from the farmer's market, tell why hell and who should go there. So first of all, where is hell? Jesus compares hell to a location that they would have been, the Israelites would have been very familiar with. He uses this word Gehenna to explain hell. And so look, Gehenna is this, this dumpster fire in the backyard of Israel. It's also referred to as the Valley of Hinnom. You might find that. It's described this valley right outside of the original walls of Jerusalem where 
dead animals would be burned, where trash would be sent to to be burned, but it's also a place where injustice and idolatry occurred throughout the history of Israel. It's a place where the Israelites would go and worship some of these pagan gods like the other nations around them did, and they learned from that. And one of the sinful practices that they did in this valley of Hinnom in Gehenna is child sacrifice. They would create these fires and burn their own children as a way of worshiping these gods of the pagan nations around them. So when, he's, when he refers to hell, this future location of hell, he refers to Gehenna, this place of sin, fire, outside of the city. Outer darkness, he describes it at times. So when we're, when we're talking about the location of hell, where is hell? Some of our, of our ideas about this, if we've, if we've listened to how the culture might talk about it, or perhaps how you've been taught about it before, we generally think of hell as heaven is up here, earth is here where we are, and hell is below us, this, or under the earth, or in the earth, or something. It's like hell is down there, heaven's up there, and earth is here. When the biblical concept of hell, of the location of hell, is you have heaven and earth, which if you look at passages and verses, you will see heaven and earth, heaven and earth, described in the same passage or verse about 200 times throughout the Bible. You will find heaven and hell in the same passage or verse, verse zero times throughout the Bible. Heaven and earth is the stage. God created the heavens and the earth, and it was very good. After the fall, heaven and earth were divided. It's no longer heaven and earth entirely overlap like it was in the Garden of Eden. That's why we pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want his kingdom to come, his will be done, for heaven and earth to once again overlap. When they do, Jesus started the work. He's going to finish it when he returns. He's going to rule on earth as he does in heaven. And when heaven and earth overlap once again, hell is cast out. You find all these phrases that hell is cast out. They were thrown into outer darkness or into the fiery furnace on their spouse, they are, they're not, they didn't just make a mistake, they have, they have committed lust or perhaps some other sin that creates an environment of hell for their family. When somebody, when a parent, for example, relies too heavily on wine or narcotics to escape frustrations of life to the neglect of their children, that's not just a sad mistake, it's gluttony at work in this life that creates an atmosphere of hell around them. When a young person gives in to peer pressure and decides they're going to identify themselves through the clothes they wear or through the music they listen to or through having to have the latest technology, that is not just a sad, unfortunate reality of our modern society. It is greed at work alive in this world today that creates an atmosphere of hell. It's something we can create around us. There is a very real future lake of fire and there is now an aspect of hell that we create. So, where is hell? When is hell? Next question, why hell? And specifically, why this future destination of a lake of fire? Why is that? I get these three, uh, these three points from a book called The Skeletons in God's Closet by Joshua Butler. And the whole point of the book, he's showing the skeletons aren't in God's closet, they're, they're in ours. But he talks about the nature of